Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks with Pam and Renee. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans. All right, NASCAR fans, welcome back to another episode of All Turns and No Breaks with Tam and Renee. I am Renee and she is Tam. Hey, hey, guys. Boy, do we have a lot to talk about today. First of all, Tam, how was your weekend? Thanks for asking, Renee. My weekend was excellent. I have no complaints. I hung out with two of my friends. We decided to do a girls' day, which started with us going to the movies to see Hands of Steel, and it ended with us having a few drinks at a lovely rooftop restaurant by the beach. You know, we live in California. That's what we do. We hang out at the beach. So let me tell you really quickly about Hands of Steel. If you haven't heard, Hands of Steel is a movie about Roberto Duran, which stars Robert De Niro and Usher. And if you guys don't know, I'm talking about Usher, Usher, Usher. Yes, Usher the singer. I urge you guys to go see the movie. I will not tell you everything about the movie. Only thing that I was disappointed with in regards to this movie was the lack of promotion. They didn't promote the movie. Usher and Robert De Niro came on ESPN a few days before the movie was released. But aside from that, there was no promotion. Also, the critics gave it really bad reviews. I'm not quite sure why. One critic said because the storyline was all over the place. I would have to disagree. Yes, there were parts of the story that should have been elaborated, but for the most part, it gave you a glimpse into Roberto Duran's childhood. It allowed you to see what shaped him, but more importantly, this movie was specifically about the time period in which he fought Sugar Ray Leonard. And Usher did an excellent job playing Sugar Ray Leonard. That's all I will say about that because I want you guys to go out and check out the movie. Renee, how was your weekend? I had a fantastic weekend myself. I was in Vegas. I had a couple of shows Friday night, South Point Casino, Saturday night over at the Stratosphere. I want to thank everybody for coming out. Really, really appreciate it. It means a lot when I see everybody out there having a good time and you leave with a smile on your face. I really, really appreciate that. That's awesome. Okay, let's jump right into what's going on in the world of sport. You already know that we were going to talk about 49ers Colin Kaepernick's decision to sit down. Who isn't talking about it at this point? Renee, what do you think? Before I even tell you guys my thoughts, I wanted to know, what do you think, Renee? You know, Tim, this is a very, very sensitive time in our in our world right now, it uh, doesn't matter where you are. And uh, these types of things are just so touchy. Um, and especially when you have somebody like Colin, who's a celebrity slash sports athlete who is out in the open like that. He's, he's in the spotlight. And when you do things like this, it is so magnified. Uh, but these are two touchy things here. Uh, one, Colin Kaepernick, me personally, I totally respect where he's coming from. I totally respect his stance of not wanting to stand during the flag of the national anthem. I personally don't like it. I hate when people do that, but that is why we live in America because we have the right to do these kinds of things. It is what people have fought for for centuries. And uh, I've had my family uh, that has been in the military and I always appreciate Anybody who's worn a uniform related to anybody who's worn a uniform knows anybody who wore a uniform uh, because I really, really take that personal. These are very sensitive times. You know, I wish Colin the best in what he's doing. I certainly hope that 
he really honestly doesn't mean any any harm by it and i don't think that he does uh but i understand where he's coming from renee now that we have your opinion i will share my opinion with the listeners honestly i feel as if a person has the right to do whatever they want to do you know renee is hispanic and i am african-american my comments aren't coming from an african-american stance that's a whole nother topic as to how people feel about that black lives matter all lives matters my thought process is very simple regardless of what you think is disrespectful people have a right to do what they want now you don't have a right to disrespect people directly and what i mean by that is it's not like he punched a man in the face now granted some people feel as if he's punching veterans in the face by disrespecting the flag but when did the national anthem come synonymous with our armed troop? And not only that, he did preference his comments by saying he means no disrespect to armed troop. All that aside, I sit back and wonder to myself, where did we go wrong as a country? There is no secret. I've traveled the world. I've been pretty much on every continent except Antarctica. I've spent time in the Middle East. I've spent time in Asia. I've been throughout Europe. I've been to crazy destinations. I've been to familiar destinations. I've been to places where the laws and the people are a little bit more liberal, like, you know, like a Amsterdam. But I've been to places like China where it's a little different. And I always think to myself, how did we get to where we are as a nation? We don't even have health care for our people. We live in a country that there's homeless people and we give two craps about them. You can die because you don't have enough money to pay for health care. And honestly, it brings me to this point. Are we as a people, as in the United States of America, not black, not white, not Asian, not anything else, but as a people and as citizens of the United States, are we worried about the wrong things? It was not so long ago people were fighting for men to be able to go into the bathroom with women. The whole transgender thing. It's mind boggling to me that it is a national debate whether men wants to sit down during a national anthem and whether or not it's disrespectful. This is ludicrous to me. Let's try worrying about all people that are homeless, all people that don't have health care, people who are dying for senselessness. But yet we're worried about whether a man wants to stand up during the national anthem. And again, I know everybody has their own feelings about it, but my stance is simple. I think we should be worried about helping our homeless and feeding people and educating people and not so much about whether a man decides to stand up or sit down during a song. That's it. That's all I have to say. Tweet us at Turns No Breaks. Let us know what you think. Of course, some of the NASCAR drivers have weighed in and shared their opinion. And who better to share their opinion than two of the most outspoken NASCAR drivers, Bad Brad Keselowski and Tony Stewart. Brad shared his opinion on Twitter, just like Tony. And Brad said in his tweet, quote, said, good point. I accept his right not to stand. Hope he respects mine and others' right to think poorly of him. And that was in response to someone else's tweet. Now, Tony 
He was a little bit more harsh and definitely not politically correct. He tweeted Colin directly and said, Colin needs to learn the facts about police before running his dumbass mouth. He had no clue what they go through. Hashtag idiot. Whoa, Renee. What do you think about what Tony had to say as well as Brad? You know, here's the thing. When you look at NASCAR drivers who are obviously predominantly white, football players who are obviously predominantly black, uh, we are still talking black and white. And it just it kills me to know that this country is forever seen as black and white. I mean, I it's like literally if somebody came from another world, they would think that this planet would only be black and white because this is what it, it always comes down to. Renee, hold that thought. Before you give us your thoughts on Tony as well as Brad comments, I wanted to add something about the black and white situation. I just got back from Madrid, as you know, and I had two or three conversations in Madrid, as well as one conversation in Barcelona with other people from different countries, from Denmark, from Norway, and from Holland. And it's really interesting. I don't know how we got on the topic of race, but what's always been explained to me by most of my international friends is that they don't talk about race. Now, again, that's not in every country because we know there are issues in other countries. But it's really interesting that America seems to be the country that's always dealing with race. Not that there aren't issues in other countries, but clearly America has the biggest issue. And it really, at this point, we're America. Why are we still dealing with this 350 years after? Okay, so I just wanted to add that. So, Renee, let us know what you thought about Brad and Tony. I actually like Brad Keselowski's comment more than I do Smoke's comment because I think Brad had a very good take on it. You know, he has the right. He totally respects it, but he hopes that Colin has the respect to respect his opinion that, you know, he didn't care for it. Smoke just takes a more direct approach. And obviously that smoke, that's who he is. If anybody knows Tony Stewart, that's his personality. And he's going to tell you what's on his mind. That's, uh, that's who he is. And I understand maybe Tony Stewart has maybe some kind of affiliation to police officers in, in general or specifically, but I've never personally uh, had any ill will against police officers other than the fact that I just think sometimes they're just, they can be hard on people of color. And I, I've seen it and I've dealt with it kind of in my own way, but not to that extent. It seems that everybody has an opinion on what Colin had to say. Even Jerry Rice threw his two cents into the hat. And of course he took a lot of backlash. You have NFL player Rodney Harrison, he also said something. And Tiki Barbara, of all people, threw his comment in. Wow. You know, Twitter is brutal, Tam. Twitter is completely brutal to people. And they just went to town on Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice, obviously, saying what he said about what, why can't we all get along? And it just, it sounded kind of funny at first because I was like, what? <laughs> is he being serious? And then uh, I read the rest of it and I was like, whole. Oh, League how and then I just read everybody's comment back at him. Boy, they they ripped him apart. And and again, I see where they're coming from. I totally understand. But this all goes back to a black and white thing. And uh, and I hate that it's like that. I think maybe he could have chose some better choice of words. But uh, yeah, you know, he said what he said, and you know that's the way he felt. Renee, it is what it is. And Jerry said what he said. And Twitter went ham like they did. Okay. 
With all that set aside, let's get to what happened this past weekend. Let's get to that race specifically. Yeah, we have to talk about Chase and Kyle. Because somebody got proved wrong. Congratulations to Kyle Larson. The debate is over. He proved me wrong. I was wrong. And Chase Elliott, buddy, I thought you had it. But Kyle Larson comes out on top in the end. Yes, he does. And just to give you a quick recap, not that you don't know, but we want to remind you, Kyle did come on top in the end, but Chase was second. And that's great for Chase. Brad Keselowski was third. Blaney was fourth. Harvick, who I actually at one point thought would win this race, came in fifth. Jimmy Johnson came in sixth. And it's great to see the Hendrick drivers easing their way back in the top 10. Carl Edwards came in seventh. Jamie McMurray, who's Kyle Larson's teammate, he came in eighth. Denny Hamlin came in ninth. And Joey Logano came in tenth. And that's kind of interesting because each week I'm used to hearing Logano and Bad Brad somewhere at the top. But, you know, I mean, Joey still made the top 10, but it's, it's a little strange not seeing Joey in the top five. But with all that being said, it was great seeing Kyle Larson in the winner's circle. And that burnout was unbelievable. I think at, at the end the steering wheel I don't know if he took it off or it came off but it, it was great especially because we've talked about in the past that NASCAR wants to ban the burnout although they said they didn't have a problem with Kyle's burnout this time but again it was just great seeing Kyle in the winner's circle sad for Chase because I'm still waiting for him to win his first race but you know, nonetheless, happy for Kyle. I really like the fact that a couple of the drivers came over and congratulated Kyle Larson when he won. And he came back from grabbing the flag and stuff. And uh, Kislowski right off the bat, I, I thought that was really cool for him to come over and congratulate him. And some of the other guys, uh, Jimmy Johnson came over and congratulated him. I thought that was really, really cool and uh, well-deserved. I mean, what a race. I mean, and this guy deserved it, did all the right things. And uh, unfortunately, Chase did not. So what are you saying, Renee? Are you suggesting that Chase choked? Get it? Chase choked? <laughs> That's funny to me. I don't know what you guys think. Did Chase Elliott choke? I'm not sure if it's choking, but I will say this. It seems to me that uh, the last couple of times that I've seen Chase Elliott have a chance to win a race, this seems to be a consistent thing that I've seen. It's just that when there's a caution and there's a restart and it's towards the end of the race, for some reason, he cannot seem to get a good start on a restart. And I don't know what it is. Is it choking? Is it him choking? Maybe it is. I don't know. And if that's what you want to call it, then so be it. Yeah, it was almost like Dale Jr. on the restarts last year. If you recall, Dale would be running one, two, restart, five, six. Like, what happened? Like, you went from being at the front of the pack to falling back in the pack. I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping this is not a reoccurring issue for Chase, but we did see this last year with Dale Jr., he had every opportunity on that last restart to get ahead. And now some people might say, well, it looks like the number two car kind of gave Kyle Larson a little push. Well, you know what? The same could have go for Chase Elliott. It looked like he kind of got a little push. Either way it goes, he didn't do what I thought he was going to do and come out on that restart quicker. Instead, 
Kyle Larson did, and Kyle Larson deserves all the credit, no matter what else is said. He did all the right things, and congratulations to Kyle Larson and his team for winning that race in Michigan this past weekend. Okay, last question before we move on. Did you think Michigan was a great race? Me personally, I liked the race. I really, really liked this race. I thought it was entertaining, and it kept me on the edge of my seat, and I watched everything and my drivers obviously didn't do anything and uh, some of our twitter followers make sure that i knew that even though i already knew that <laughs> okay so let's talk about the chase or maybe i should bring it down let's talk about the chase okay yeah i can't sing renee thoughts so as far as the chase is concerned well kyle larson obviously punches his ticket into the chase so kyle's in uh the fantastic four i mean Three out of the four, they're in. Chase Elliott, Austin Dillon, Kyle Larson, they're in. Blaney, the only one on the outside looking in, and uh, it it doesn't look good. It doesn't look good for Blaney, and I I don't think it's it's going to happen. Although I've said a lot of things aren't going to happen this this year, and look how many times I've been wrong. Ha! You have been wrong. Anyway, moving on before Renee tries to comment and correct me on him being wrong. Renee, let's talk about Dell Jr. What's going on? So there has been a Dale Jr. update, and uh, apparently he's going to be out another two weeks. And um, I, and I and I saw the, this interview that they did on Fox Sports uh, with a um, a neurologist surgeon, a neurosurgeon, and uh, and and not uh, the neurosurgeon that directly takes care of Dale Jr., but somebody who's obviously uh, have some some expertise in this field. And, uh, you know, basically he said, well, this could have been two things. And this could either be that he's uh, fine and he's over his symptoms and they're just giving him an extra two weeks to make sure that he's not having any symptoms. Or number two, his concussion and his symptoms are worse than probably what anybody is thinking. And they have to keep him out for another two weeks, which means he could actually be out for even more than two weeks. So it, it seems to me that it looks like Dale Jr. will not get in the car the rest of this season, which really is disappointing because I think just as anybody else would like to see Dale Jr. back in the uh, uh, the driver's seat of his car, is this is NASCAR, let's be honest. Dale Jr. is the most popular driver in the sport. Uh, that's just the way it is. And, uh, you know, he's, he's missed, he's missed dearly in that, uh, not seeing him out on the, on the track like that. Dale Jr. will be missed. Speaking of Dale, let's talk about overrated and underrated drivers. Okay. Hold on, Dale Jr. fans. We're not saying that he's either or, although some people will say he's underrated. Some people will say he's overrated. I don't know. We're not making a decision on that right now. We're just going to talk about a poll that we put up on Twitter. We actually put up two polls. One was rank your most overrated driver. And the other poll was your underrated driver. In no particular order, these are the names that we threw out for both polls. We threw out Greg Biffle's name, Eric Amarola, Casey Mears, Danica Patrick. Okay, you guys know we were going to put Danica's name in there. Casey Kane. Clint Boyer and Ryan Newman. And if you guys want to see the results, we didn't have as many people vote on it as we would have liked to. But nonetheless, the results are posted on our Twitter account. Our Twitter account is twitter.com forward slash all turn snow break. I'm not going to add any commentary to it because the polls are up, but I know Renee has something to say about it. So Renee, let us know what you think. Well, overrated, underrated drivers, 
I, you know, I don't know about overrated drivers, but I think a lot of underrated drivers, I think there's more underrated drivers than there are overrated drivers. And I, I really don't have an opinion as far as overrated drivers, but I will say this about underrated drivers. Uh, me personally, the one that comes to mind is Ryan Newman. I, I think Ryan Newman is an underrated driver. This guy, he's really a good driver. And I know he, he hasn't had the best season this year. Make no mistake, uh, this guy is a, a phenomenal driver. Uh, Jimmy Johnson this year, probably underrated. Overall, maybe not underrated, but this year underrated because he's still dangerous. Ryan Newman is still dangerous. Uh, I would even throw Eric Amarola in there. I think Eric Amarola is is one of those guys that just comes at you and goes, wow, man, that, that guy came out of nowhere. Uh, Denny Hamlin is another guy that I think you can throw into that mix. Uh, all of these guys are dangerous. If you just, you make a mistake, they're going to take advantage and then they have the skills to do that. Renee, have you heard NASCAR is for the kids? Basically, NASCAR has a new initiative where it's all about hashtag, wait for it, kids drive NASCAR. If you watched the race this weekend, you saw that there was a lot of effort to make sure that they showcase kids who love NASCAR. They even announced that kids would be able to get in free at Xfinity and Camping World races. Pretty cool if you ask me, but very interesting considering that NASCAR only a couple of months ago was all about targeting Hispanic. Last year, they were all about targeting Blacks and Hispanic. It seems as if NASCAR is trying to figure out what to do to attract new fans. Renee, what do you think? I'm sure you're going to say it's great, but just wanted to hear your thoughts on hashtag kids drive NASCAR. I think this is great that NASCAR is thinking a lot about the kids next year. This is one of the most awesome things I've heard from NASCAR. This is awesome. For a parent to be able to take their kids to a NASCAR race and not have to spend so much money out of their pocket before they even step in to the place is phenomenal. And I personally, over the weekend, talked to somebody who has a 12-year-old who loves NASCAR. And she was telling me how awesome she thought it was. And I was like, whoa, I didn't even hear that. So when I, even before you told me, Tam, I, I saw it when you sent me the link and I was like, wow, this is, this is awesome. And uh, she was right. She's able to take her 12-year-old uh, to a, a NASCAR event and, and not have to worry about spending so much money. And I think this is awesome because She's going to spend less with a ticket getting in, and that way she could spend more money with, you know, buying hats and T-shirts and whatever else the kid wants. And I, I think that's fantastic. Definitely a good move by NASCAR. Okay, so it's almost time to talk about some predictions. But before we go that route, let's talk about the paint schemes at Darlington. Renee, what do you think? Who's your favorite? Okay, here we go with paint schemes. Boy, this is tough, man, because there's some good ones out there. Wow. I'm going to be honest with you right off the bat. I'm going with AJ Allmendinger. Boy, you know. I think what would be cool is they actually could bring back the actual car as a throwback. The, the Those old school cars, that would be awesome. As far as the color scheme, A.J. Allmendinger, that Kroger, Kingsford, that's just so old school. I mean, that's that's just so my era, you know. And uh, Austin Dillon has a really nice paint scheme. The throwback to his grandfather, I think I think that's actually kind of cool. But uh, I'm, I'm going with A.J. Allmendinger. That's just NASCAR to me. Well, so NASCAR is our fan comment of the week taken straight from the NASCAR Reddit board. I love hanging out on the Reddit board because NASCAR fans on that particular board say some of the craziest things. This week's comment is courtesy of 
a few ongoing threads on the NASCAR Reddit board regarding vintage soda machines. Yes, I said that correctly regarding vintage soda pop machines. You know, those old machines, the Coca-Cola machines where you would have the NASCAR driver representing. How about this one? Remember when Jeff Gordon used to be a Coke guy before he became a Pepsi guy? Yeah, we're talking about those old school vending machines. So nonetheless, let me get straight into the comment. The first comment, because I'm actually going to read two comments. First comment comes from user CMD underscore III. He says, those posts were cool to look at, but they also made me sad. It wasn't that long ago that NASCAR was a huge deal all over the country. Everywhere you went, there were people in race shirts, flags in front of houses, and it seemed like there was a law requiring every pickup truck to have a card number on its back window. Those days are gone now, as are the soda machines, and I really miss them. Another commenter goes on to say, after Mark, as in Mark Martin, retired at the end of 2013, I enjoyed racing for about a half a season before deciding that Kyle Larson would be my new guy to pull for. He's young. He can drive the wheels off it, seems like a good guy, and he seemed for two years to have that Mark Martin bad luck. I've stuck with him, and now we've got us a win, boys. And that comment came from Dano James. Last comment, so I said I was going to read two, but I'm going to read three. This one comes from an anonymous duck, username anonymous duck. Okay, you know I can't make this up. User and anonymous duck. He says, I was once a Mark Martin fan as well, starting with his amazing post-retirement five-win season in 2009. And I started following Chase for many of those same reasons you stated. And that's Chase Elliott. He's got a good head on his shoulders and he can drive. The 42 and the 24 were bound to get there someday. And I can't be upset with that finish yesterday. And of course, they're talking about that crazy. I can't say it was wild, but it was a crazy finish at Michigan. Okay, so let's go into predictions, predictions. It's time for Tam and Renee's Race Predictions. Renee, who you got? Predictions, predictions in Darlington. Okay, here we go. This is going to come out of left field, but here it comes. My winner for Darlington, Matt Kenseth. Matt Kenseth is going to win this race. You heard it here first on All Turns, No Breaks. Matt Kenseth is your winner. My dark horse, Jimmy Johnson. That's right. Tam, I know you got to be looking at me crazy, but... I'm telling you, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. You all know the drill. You listen to the show every week. Before I give you my predictions, I have to give you a little bit of history. So we always look at the last five winners at the track. This week, we're at Darlington, if you guys didn't already know. We clearly just talked about paint schemes, so you know. So last five winners at Darlington were 2015 Carl Edwards. 2014, Kevin Harvick. 2013, Matt Kenseth. 2012, Jimmy Johnson, Mr. Six-Time himself. And 2011, Reagan Smith. Again, there goes that name. Boy, back in the day, Reagan Smith was winning races. Can't say that now. As far as the Xfinity races go at Darlington, believe it or not, Denny Hamlin is a four-time winner at Darlington. Who would have thought? So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, my picks are, well, okay, before I even give you guys my picks, let me just keep it real. I'm a little bit torn. I want to go with Jimmy. I want to go with Chase Elliott. want to pick Kyle. 
as in Kyle Busch. And of course, I want to go with Harvick. But there can only be one winner. So I am going to pick with my heart. And I'm going to go with Chase Elliott. I know, I know. Hold, hold, hold your thoughts in your comments. Yes, I am going with Chase Elliott as my winner. That guy went through a lot last week. So he should come back and race with a vengeance. So I am going to go with Chase Elliott as my pick and my dark horse. Yes, I'm going with Jimmy Johnson. One of our listeners and our friend on Twitter by the name of Angela, each week she always goes with the Hendrick guys. So she will be very happy to know that I went with the number 24 and the number 48. All right. Well, there you go. Tam is giving her predictions and uh, that's her story and she's sticking, <laughs> she's sticking with it. Right on. Indeed. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast each and every week. All Turns No Breaks, a podcast for fans, by fans. Please hit me up on uh, my own personal uh, social media. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat at It's Renee Garcia. Please look me up. And for me, it's I am Sincerely Tam on Instagram and Twitter. And as always, thank you for listening, and we will see you back next week. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for tuning in with Tam and Renee. 